Welcome to another episode of Mini Fellowship in Movement Disorders, where we take most challenging concepts in movement disorders and simplify them into easy-to-follow explanations. I'm your host, Danish Bahati, a movement disorder neurologist who loves to teach physicians online, especially in the developing countries. Welcome, this is the week two for our movement disorder course for our neurology residents and I am continuing to answer their questions that they have raised in the exit ticket as they complete live sessions. They submit three things that they have learned, two things that are not clear, and one thing that they will go on and read on. So I will, in the next few episodes, take questions that were raised by the residents in the exit tickets on two things that are not clear. Every day I will address one of the questions raised by them, and in the next week we will cover all the questions raised in the exit ticket for second module or second week. This week's module was introduction to Parkinson's disease and Parkinsonism. So they saw some phenomenology videos and they saw an introductory lecture to pathophysiology, risk factors and basics of Parkinson's disease. So questions will be related to this particular topic. So let me start with the first question today that was raised by our resident, Dr. Dennis. Erin Dennis asked, what are the features on exam that can differentiate between idiopathic Parkinson's disease versus drug-induced Parkinsonism? So very interesting question and very difficult question. So idiopathic Parkinson's disease will be someone having Parkinson's due to neurodegeneration in their brain and drug-induced Parkinsonism will be due to drugs that they're taking blocking dopamine in their brain or release of dopamine or binding of dopamine to the receptor and thus creating an artificial dopamine deficiency that goes away once those medications are stopped. However, it is very challenging to differentiate the two and for many reasons that I will try to touch on later on. But in general, there are some of the things or clues that you can look for to try to consider drug-induced Parkinsonism in someone will be things like Parkinsonism being more symmetric in patients with drug-induced Parkinsonism as compared to asymmetric, typically for idiopathic Parkinson's disease. That is one side being worse than the other for tremors, for bradykinesia and akinesia. The other clue would be lack of gradual progression of Parkinson's that you would expect in a regular Parkinson's disease. So more or prolonged stability or very slow progression. There is also a tendency to be more tremor predominant for drug-induced Parkinsonism versus akinetic rigid is often present or there is significant bradykinesia and akinesia present in patients with idiopathic Parkinson's disease. These are very, very mild features and not very diagnostic features themselves. So truly, it is very hard to say if someone has drug-induced Parkinson's versus idiopathic Parkinson's disease. It also gets harder because... Some experts, including me, thinks that drug-induced Parkinsonism is seen in people who were on the way to develop idiopathic Parkinson's disease more often than otherwise. So you can think of Parkinson's, the drugs being a stress test, just like gestational diabetes where pregnancy becomes a stress test and the diabetes shows up during the pregnancy and goes away once the pregnancy is completed. However, after a few years, it comes back because of its natural downside progression, even without stress. So you can think of it the same way. Let's say there is idiopathic Parkinson's disease in a preclinical stage in someone, and then you block the dopamine 
with uh, medication and the Parkinson's disease showed up that went away when you stopped the uh, medication and for a few years and then the idiopathic Parkinson's disease came back. It is also common for someone who has such a combination of underlying idiopathic Parkinson's disease and drug-induced Parkinsonism to only partially get better when the dopamine blocking medication are stopped and there is still some Parkinsonism afterwards which is their true underlying idiopathic Parkinson's disease and it was only aggravated or worsened by a medication blocking the dopamine. There has been uh, one good paper that I know of that came from Dr. Rajput's group um, in Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, what they, they have is a very large brain bank from patients with Parkinson's disease. And I think they wrote a paper on three brains of patients with Parkinsonism, which was drug-induced that went away once the drug was stopped and then they died of other reasons such as accidents or other causes and their brains were looked at before they actually developed idiopathic Parkinson's disease. So the Parkinsonism was gone after stopping the dopaminergic medication, dopaminergic blocking medication. And what they found was that I believe two of those three brains had Lewy bodies pathognomic of idiopathic Parkinson's disease. So it it's likely that two out of those three were on the way to develop idiopathic Parkinson's disease were in a preclinical stage and that showed up because of the dopamine blockade but not on the third one. I it's a, I read this paper a long time ago so don't quote me on the exact number but I believe it was three brains and I believe two of the three had Lewy bodies or it was maybe one of the two and the third one not sure. Um, so I'm not very precise but you know let's say some of them showed uh, a true change in Lewy bodies in their brain, which supports my and many other experts' concern that you see Parkinsonism drug-induced in people at risk for developing Parkinson's disease. In my clinical practice, practically speaking, most often when I am examining someone referred to me for worsening tremors, concern for Parkinson's on a dopamine-blocking drug, I would say eight or nine out of ten times the patient has strong features suggestive of idiopathic Parkinson's disease to me and their Parkinson's gets better after stopping the dopamine blocking medication but does not go away suggesting that the dopamine blocker was only worsening an underlying idiopathic Parkinson's disease. To learn more about the mini fellowship visit our website for University of Nebraska Medical Center, Department of Neurological Sciences, where you can be part of the community and ask us questions. You can write to me on mdclinicforyou at gmail.com. It's mdclinic number four u at gmail.com. And follow me on YouTube for longer discussions by searching for Danish Bahati, D-A-N-I-S-H space B-H-A-T-T-I. You can also find me on Twitter at Danish Bahati underscore MD and on LinkedIn.